4: What? Uh, Without an
3: introduction, my podcast! I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything about the worst people in all of history and are chronically unprepared to actually start the show that allows me to pay rent and buy food. Um, I'm ashamed of me. I'm sure Sophie's ashamed of me. Yes. But I can't know. Oh, now I can know, because she said yes. Uh, But you know who's... 50%
5: chance not ashamed of me.
3: My guest today, Mr. Billy Wayne Davis!
5: I am not ashamed. I'm not proud, but I'm not ashamed. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? That's what I shoot for. Like, you pulled it out, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But everybody listening is going, come on, man. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, uh, you know, the lesson I learned long ago is that if I just keep talking, um, about 60% of the time, I can pull victory from failure. Um, And I learned that lesson with cops, but uh, it applies to podcasting, too.
5: Yeah, that's, I think it applies to a lot more of life than it should. That if mm-hmm. you just keep yeah. talking, a lot of times most people will be like, all right, just get out. All of right. It. <laughs> just get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of getting going, uh, Billy
3: Wayne, have you ever used a fertility doctor? That is an inappropriate question. It's not. Um,
5: I'm pretty open. Um, I have two kids, and I wasn't actively planning either of them. I wasn't upset that it happened either, but no, I haven't. I haven't.
3: Okay. Well, um, w- w- would you be would you be surprised? Like, what do you what do you think when you think f- like a fertility doctor? Like, do you have any sort of conceptions in your head about the kind of person who would take that job?
5: I think it feels like someone that wants to help couples create life mm-hmm. and create a family. That seems like a like someone who's like, fun- like a family doctor that was like, oh, I'm pretty good at making this happen. So I and yeah. I have a good bedside manner. Let's go to help see these people out. It seems like like
3: a fundamentally noble endeavor, right? <laughs> yeah, I like your setup here.
5: It seems yeah.
3: noble, it, correct? <laughs> it seems noble. <laughs> well, the working title of our episode is "All Fertility Doctors Are Bastards," uh, and that's <laughs> that's not, not entirely fair. And the the large fertility doctor contingent of Bastards Pod listeners are probably angry, but I will say from everything I can tell, it is a field with, like, a shockingly high rate of a very specific type of bastard. And really? that's what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it'll all make sense in the end, but the journey is
5: gonna be a little bizarre. What? See... <clears throat>
3: hmm.
5: mm, you know what? That's... I mean, <laughs> as long as they go to... As long as we get them graduated from medical school, I think we're a, we're a step ahead of everything else we've done.
3: Well, yes, yes. These are definitely... I don't know. You know, actually, Billy, yeah, you know, put a pin in that. Okay. Because <laughs> you and I primarily talk about fake doctors. Yeah. And it's really debatable as to whether or not a lot of these people are like they all have MDs. So I will say, like, in that regard, yes, they're more real than the fake doctors we normally talk about. But I think in a fundamental way all of the people we're talking about today are, in fact, fake
5: doctors, regardless of their
3: real um, MD it. credentials. See, it's yeah. like, you
5: don't think of that <laughs> part of doctorate. Like, because yeah. you think of that law... There's a lot of lawyers that go to that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, and they're like, yeah, I'm technically a lawyer. And you're like, okay, whatever. I mean, your whole profession yeah. is technicalities anyway. But yeah. a doctor is like, no, I'm a doctor. And you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. This is, this is an episode about the gray area and the fake doctor designation. So we'll uh, we'll circle back around to discussing that around the end if I remember to because about 80% of the time when I say we'll circle back to something we completely forget um, and never do. And that is also one of the hallmarks of my show along with terrible introductions. So, it's yeah, great. Yeah. This episode originally started as a fan submission of a subject, uh, Dr. Norman Barwin. Uh, he's a Canadian fertility doctor who is a real piece of shit, and we will still be talking about Dr. Barwin. But as I dug into his story, I came upon a um, a bigger, weirder, and bastardier story, and that is what we will be talking about today. Um, now, there are a million different places we could start, but in the interest of simplicity, I'm going to kick it off in 1939 with the birth of Bernard Norman Barwin. Barwin was born in South Africa to parents who I'm sure existed at some point, but I do not know, you know anything else at all about them. Uh, not a lot of information on this guy's early life. Um, we do know that he went to college at the Queen's University in Northern Ireland and moved to Canada in the 1970s to work as a doctor. And on paper, his career looked about as woke and wonderful as it's possible to be. Norman founded the first sexual health clinic for schools in Ottawa. He was a very public and charismatic advocate for expanded sex education and reproductive medicine. He spent time driving around the Canadian capital in what he called a sex bus. Uh, Now,
5: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's free internet, right?
3: I, yeah, it's pre-internet because there's and, uh, a bang
5: bus in Florida. I knew about.
3: Yeah, it, <laughs> this is very different from the bang bus. Okay, um, rather than being the set for a low-budget porn, the <laughs> sex bus was a, a, a way for Dr. Barwin to distribute pamphlets on
5: sexual health. And How many disappointed dudes walked into that bus? Like, this is not. <laughs> what sex- I, <laughs> Don't go in there, man. They got reading stuff. It's just paper. <laughs> i love that the passers-by uh
3: that that we voice in our episodes are always southerners even when we're talking about ottawa
5: yes that is i mean (laughs) to quote the comedian jesse case who's southern he's like i mean it sucks but when i even when southerners do uh, a dumb voice it's just a more southern voice and you're like that's so true (laughs)
3: You're doing the guy from the town over. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or the dumber
5: guy in your neighborhood, and at least yeah. he'll do talks and you're like, ah <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I think King of the Hill is the ultimate example of that because like every one of Hank's friends is a different sort of fake southern voice that I would do based on somebody I know.
5: It's like, the it's
3: my yeah. judge doing that. I guarantee yeah, you yeah, he, yeah, it's yeah. just
5: him watching people <laughs> in his alley going, like, I can do all these voices, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: So, um, yeah, Barwin, uh, the good Dr. Barwin was an early advocate for abortion rights. Uh, He also grew increasingly interested in finding ways to help single women and lesbian couples have babies. And over time, this grew into an interest in fertility in general. Now, artificial insemination... Billy Wayne, traces its roots back to the 1700s when a Scottish surgeon, what other nationality would have been behind it, named John Hunter impregnated a woman with her husband's sperm. According to the National Institutes of Health, quote, a cloth merchant with severe hypospatius was advised to collect the semen, which escaped during coitus, in a warmed syringe and inject the sample into the vagina. Now, hypospatius is a birth defect where the opening of your penis is on the bottom of the head rather than its normal location. So that's the first recorded artificial human insemination.
5: But a clockmaker? Is that what she said?
3: Uh, yeah, I, a cloth merchant. Oh, okay. Is the guy is the guy who like was having trouble knocking his wife? Oh, up. And okay. Doctor I thought, was like I, the
5: way I heard you yeah. say it was that they hired him to take the sample, and I was like, what a weird choice. <laughs> no, no,
3: no, no. Okay. Uh, that's the that was the client. John Hunter was just like, yeah, we just got to get you a warm syringe, fill it with cum, and use that as your penis. And he was right. Yeah, he was right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so for most of the next couple of centuries, artificial insemination was primarily the purview of farmers and mainly used on livestock like cows. Uh, human beings did figure out how to successfully free sperm in order to keep them viable uh, in about 1953. But a lot of people thought it was immoral to do that with human sperm. And so it wasn't until the 1970s that artificial insemination of human beings really took off as a practice. And it started to become very common. What so,
5: happened that it became okay?
3: I don't know. I think just enough old people died off. Gotcha. And, gotcha. like, everyone else was like, ah, why do we give a shit about this? <laughs> it's gotcha, a seven. Yeah. Everybody's on fucking cocaine. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, so, Dr. Norman Barwin then came of age as a doctor at a time... Uh, when sort of the very first generation of professional fertility doctors were starting to become a thing. You know, there'd been some before, but he was really with, like, the first wave of people who made it into kind of a mainstream profession. So he was very much on the cutting edge of this science.
5: Like Tony Hawk.
3: Yeah, like Tony Hawk. He's the Tony Hawk of using cold sperm to impregnate <laughs> women whose husbands uh, are having difficulties doing that for some reason. That's it. yeah. You gotta be... Yep, yep. You gotta shoot for something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony Hawk also has a weird cold sperm obsession, but we'll save that for the That's Tony to- Hawk That's a totally, yeah, and if you're yeah. a true
5: Tony Hawk fan, you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very well aware. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, Barwin quickly rose to become the president of the Canadian Fertility Society and eventually also the president of the Planned Parenthood Federation of Canada. Barwin worked as a professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Ottawa, and also had a healthy career as a gynecologist. All this but sounds re- great. Yeah, so far he's he's the realest doctor we've talked yes. about, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without absolutely. a doubt. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. There's no there's no
5: bleach. Uh, there's no he hasn't clear tried example to kill of a, a head baby injury. yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, he hasn't drowned he, a baby. He keeps in a trying hot to tub. make them.
5: It's like the yeah. opposite of what we've been talking about. So right now, yeah. I'm like, this guy's
3: great. Yeah, right now, this guy does actually seem to be a great doctor. Um, and of course, uh, while he worked, you know, in a kind of wore a lot of hats as a medical professional, his real passion was increasingly fertility. And once he left the University of Ottawa, he devoted the bulk of his time to helping parents get pregnant. Dr. Barwin was beloved by many of his patients. In 1997, he was invested into the Order of Canada for his, quote, profound impact on both the biological and psychosocial aspects of women's productive health. He won the Barbara Cass Beggs Award for Women's Reproductive Rights and the Queen's Golden Jubilee Medal for his pioneering success (laughs) in helping women conceive. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In fact, uh, Dr. Norman... Barwin developed such a reputation for his ability to help infertile couples make babies that his patients started giving him a nickname, the Baby God.
5: (laughs) Oh wow! I'm sure that ego, yeah, ego was like, you know what? Let's just back off that one. Let's just back
3: that. (laughs) That is a weird thing to call
5: someone like, like I. I yeah, I don't see. Well, like you said, like one or two people be like, "Hey, the baby god over there," and then it catching on is very strange. Yeah, like if I had an intractable
3: health issue, like say I had a, a, a UTI, and yeah. like yeah, I couldn't get it fixed for like years until like I finally found a doctor who was like able to deal with the problem. I wouldn't call him the urinary tract god. No. That would be bizarre.
5: That would that would seem weird and not like a compliment. <laughs> no, no, and he'd be like, hey, let's, let's don't, you shouldn't yeah. say that, don't say that you again. You shouldn't say that. Right, I'll give you another one if you, if you never yeah. say that again. The, but, but doctor, yeah. He makes mm-hmm. babies and you're like, like as, like, yeah, if your wife came yeah. home, she's like, I want to go see the baby god. And you're like, mm, I want to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they th- spoiler, they
3: absolutely should have been checking out this guy. Yeah, because um, I think that's
5: what they called Sean Camp was the baby god. The baby god? He just had a lot of kids. Sean yeah, Camp. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, they should have called him Doc Stork. Um, Ooh, that was good. I don't
5: know. That's good. That, that's better. That's, that's better.
3: And that's not creepy. That's, like, homey and, like, kind of warm, you know? Yes, but, baby god is... Yeah, is creepy. It is creepy. Yeah.
5: Like, he can yeah, kill it, your baby, too.
3: Yeah, he can kill your baby. It makes me think of, uh, for my fellow nerds out there, one of the the best monsters in the Dungeons & Dragons, like, third edition monster manual was this giant hovering aborted god fetus. It was a very cool monster. Um, anyway, that, that's, that's a reference for the nine people uh, listening to this podcast right now.
5: <laughs> I know. I got. I just kind of zoned out, and then I zoned yeah. back in when you said "aborted God fetus." Where I'm like, "What are you yeah. guys doing over there?" That's what reels them all back in: is aborted God fetus. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Say that again. So, <laughs> gods can have abortions. Yes, yes, they can. Yeah,
3: and when they have an abortion, that abortion is also
5: uh, a god. That um, is the problem. Is but they not a happy one? Their abortions become gods because you can't. <laughs> yeah. ah, son of a yeah. bitch. There's all.
3: <laughs> so. Uh, The baby god was the Dr. Norman Barwin that the vast, vast majority of people in Canada knew up until quite recently, and to most of them, he was considered a hero. But there were some signs early on that not all was well in Dr. Barwin's practice. In 1985, he made a mistake and gave a couple the wrong sperm for their child. Now, considering how new... The science of fertility was in 1985, that error made relatively little impact in his career. Everybody's going to s- screw up, even groundbreaking physicians. You can't make babies without spilling a little bit of sperm. I really you know?
5: did. I mean, when you
3: said it, I was like, ah, I mean, yeah, it's not that bad. Whatever. Yeah. Everyone's
5: like, going to fuck up. Yeah.
3: Like, and but, you, you know, you consider other doctor mistakes where, like, a guy dies on the operating table, a baby that's slightly different from the baby you intended to have,
5: not a big deal, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, yeah, we got a baby that
5: can jump. This one's awesome.
3: This one's way better.
5: Neither of us can jump. This is great. Yeah,
3: yeah. we both have eczema. This baby's going to do great. This is fantastic. (laughs) So in the mid-1990s, though, it happened again. A lesbian couple sued Dr. Barwin for giving them semen other than the semen that they had selected from their chosen donor.
5: That that would be, yeah, yeah, that, that would upset me.
3: Yeah. Now, according to the Toronto Star, quote, That incident was designated a prior error in the agreed statement of facts presented to the panel Thursday. On that occasion, Barwin was notified of this error by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario and states that he took some steps to endeavor to ensure that no such errors would occur in his practice in the future. So again, two errors, you know in like a decade really not a big deal but the errors kept happening uh twice more during the late 1990s and since dr barwin inseminated a lot of ladies he was still generally seen by most people as incredibly good at it although it was now clear that there were some issues in his practice Mm -hmm. that said his high success rate meant he would still be the guy that you'd go to when other fertility doctors couldn't get you knocked up So, the mistakes kind of got swept under the rug. Nobody thought anything sinister was going on. Dr. Barwin continued his career as a celebrated physician. In 2003, during an interview, he told a reporter that accidentally inseminating a patient with the wrong sperm was his, quote, worst nightmare. Which, you know,
6: makes sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now, a decade later, that nightmare burst onto the public stage. Like, I don't know, I should have made, like, an analogy to, to, like, you know, water breaking or something, but I didn't think to, and I can't
5: properly word it now. I think we're okay without it. You
3: yeah, know what I mean? You think so?
5: Yeah, I think, like...
3: Uh, burst onto the stage like a bunch of amniotic fluid? That good?
5: Yeah, or just, yeah, because, and here's the thing, like, just slowly took its time coming out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really fair. That's usually how the baby, it, in yeah. my experience, like they're not like, hey, I'm here, they're like... Ugh. Yeah, yeah." they kind of don't want to leave, which considering the world makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, I'm still, yeah. every time I think about it, I'm like, ah. seems yeah. like that we started yeah. off in the best spot. Yeah,
3: every time I have to wake up, I am reminded of how difficult it must be to be a baby. Do you reach down
5: like, and you feel your belly yeah. button, and you're like, damn it. God damn it, yeah. <laughs> Still not there.
3: (laughs) So, uh, Dr. Barwin was found to have mixed up the sperm that had created four of the babies born from his clinic. According to the Star, quote, "...at least four of those babies aren't the biological result of their fathers or the sperm donor designated by their mothers. Because of mistakes at Barwin's clinic, experts dispatched to review procedures at the facility could isolate no evident reasons for the mix-up. Those children will never know the male side of their parentage, thus left forever ignorant of crucial medical history details." so one of those babies had grown into a man by 2013 and he testified against Dr. Barwin uh, and had to essentially explain what damage had been done to him as the result of the fact that nobody knew who his biological father might be the 25 year old asked why do I look like this who do I look like I know I look like my mother but what about the other side I'll never know yes I'm grateful I'm here but there's the other side another story I don't know my medical history and that's kind of scary it's like yeah this is a real problem
6: you
3: know. Yeah. Uh, and the, these fuck-ups at this point by like 2013 were bad enough that Dr. Barwin was finally punished albeit with the medical equivalent of a slap on the wrist. He was found guilty of unprofessional conduct and incompetence and his medical license was suspended for 60 days. He also had to pay $3,600 in legal fees. The young man who testified against him was not satisfied by this justice. Just a two-month ban, he said afterwards, I think he should completely lose his license. So... I don't know, at that point, you know, uh, I mean, to be honest, if I'm, like, if I'm, like, trying to evaluate it fairly and I don't know the rest of the story, five or six errors in, like, 40 years, eh, it doesn't seem that bad, right? Really, I don't, that's right? where I'm at right now, yeah. too, It's like, yeah. I, I just, yeah.
5: I feel like, I don't know, have you played baseball? It's mostly errors. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Everybody
3: fucks up more than that. Yeah. Like, and I know, like, we hold doctors to a higher standard, but still. Like, well, in theory, we <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. In theory, we do. But,
5: yeah, yeah no, uh, now, I'm completely with, with you on this, where it's like, I, I just feel like he's... And when he fucks up, you still get a baby. You still got is, a baby, yeah. Which it's, is kind of what you wanted, <laughs> right? There's not alligators coming out of women's, yeah. like,
3: <laughs> like, wombs here. Like, he's not fucking up that bad. Yeah, he gave you what you um, wanted, just not yeah.
5: exactly what you wanted. Which feels like what like God whole, does anyway, in theory. Yeah. That's just having a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, most doctors probably would have gotten harsher punishments than a 60-day suspension of their license, but the court took Dr. Barwin's sterling career into account his pro-choice advocacy, his groundbreaking work in reconstructive surgery for transgender people, and his many awards. All these mitigating factors saved him from losing his medical license. But they did not save him from attracting greater scrutiny from Canadian journalists. In the wake of his sentencing, The Star published a deep dive into The Doctor. The title of their article is one of my favorite titles in journalism history. Wrong sperm, Dr. Barwin, took shortcuts in career and racist too. (laughs) Wow, and racist too. Races, yeah, yeah. The reporters at the Star revealed that Doctor Barwin was also an inveterate marathon cheater, which we're gonna talk more about in a little
5: while. (laughs) uh, I just my jaw dropped because that's just like,
3: why?
5: I don't know. Yeah, that's not one to cheat on. You're just like, yeah, anyone can cheat in this. This is not. That's hilarious.
3: I it'll. I think it'll make sense when we get through the rest of this guy's backstory because oh, um, it all it all seems actually kind of pretty much in line to me but yeah it's <laughs> it's quite a title what a i just weird... love that they call him wrong sperm doctor <laughs> like,
5: that is a good i mean if you're gonna go with baby god for a while i think wrong sperm doctor is fitting when they yeah, figure you yeah, out yeah yeah
3: yeah I, I love thinking of the editorial meeting where they're like how do we get across that this is a doctor who put the wrong sperm
5: in people in the fewest words possible
3: what about wrong sperm doctor
5: and they all laughed and then they were like let's do it yeah it's canada we're having fun up here (laughs) (laughs) now billy wayne you know what's
3: as good as calling dr barwin the wrong sperm doctor this transition to ads it
5: was smooth I was like yeah i was like is this silk are we on silk right now you barely noticed it, didn't you? Yeah. Almost slid right by. Yeah, I thought we were still talking.
3: Slid right by like <laughs> one of the baby gods' babies, sliding out of a birth canal.
5: See, you still got what you wanted. Yep, I did. I, I think did. that should yeah. have been. <laughs> you'll get. You might not get what you want, but you'll get what you want. And speaking of getting what you want, products. Hermesis.
1: Old-school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Are you ready to fight back against crime?
4: Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back.
3: Uh, that started out as a rough transition to ads, but I think I think we found the right transition felt to felt right. It felt um, right. It felt right. It's kind of like how you don't always get the baby you'd plan to have, but you always get the baby you're supposed to you have. You get the
5: baby you're supposed to have. Unless your baby's Hitler, then, you know... I still think that there was a couple, that was the baby they were supposed to have, though. Yep. That's how destiny works, I think. That is how destiny works. I think. So... Um yeah so
3: reporters with the star found out that Dr Barwin was a marathon cheater which yeah again we're going to get to in a little bit. They also found out that despite being a professor of gynecology uh and a practicing gynecologist Dr Barwin was not in fact a gynecologist. Oh shit. Uh, Yeah, or at least he was not a Canadian gynecologist. He had been a gynecologist in Northern Ireland, and when he'd moved to Canada his employer had let him do the job with the understanding that in three years he would need to take the gynecology exam for the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada. Dr. Barwin did take that test several times but he repeatedly failed it. He maintained his status as a general physician, but that was it. Now, Somehow in spite of this, he was made the director of the High Risk Pregnancy Clinic and the co-director of the fertility clinic and he was allowed to teach other people how to be gynecologists. Um, well, exactly it's it's rude it wa- in
5: Canada to ask <laughs> any follow-up question, I guess. Yeah. I'm a gynecologist. He failed test. Uh, are you? <laughs> Don't be rude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: Hey, he failed his test. Should we tell him he can't work as a gynecologist anymore? Hurt nah, his Let's just hurt. go to the Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, So I'm going to quote again from The Star uh, Attempting to explain how this happened Questioned long afterwards By the Ottawa citizen Barwin at first claimed he left Ottawa General Because he wanted more freedom Then implied resentment among professional colleagues And finally asserted that he had nothing to prove Because he'd been certified by the Royal College of Obstetrics And Gynecologists in England He did indicate embarrassment over the controversy I'm not <laughs> proud of it
5: I ain't got nothing to prove Right, yeah, I ain't got then, nothing to prove. I ain't taking your test. I ain't trying to prove I'm a doctor. Yeah. Well, you said you're a doctor and a guy on college. You did, you did say you could do this job and then
3: failed the test that we've set to make sure people could do this job. It's not that you have nothing to prove. You can't prove it. <laughs> I, I, I tried using that line the last time I failed a driver's license test. <laughs> and uh, it, it did not work,
5: um, but... Listen, I ain't trying to prove you people I've never met I can't drive a car or can drive a car.
3: (laughs) I ain't ain't what
5: I'm trying to do. You You
3: ask the homeless man embedded in the grill of my truck if I can drive. He'll tell you I knows how.
5: First of all, I don't think it's any of your business if I'm drunk or not right now. That's (laughs) not your business. I got nothing to prove. (laughs) I ain't got anything to prove to you. (laughs) Now give me my picture card.
3: (laughs) Oh,
5: all right now, Billy. Are you ready to talk about Doctor Barwin's marathon cheating? <laughs> uh, d- yes, I. That was yeah. that. I don't know why it piques my interest more than the the making babies. He's not supposed to, because because mm-hmm. I feel like that's just most of professional athletes. <laughs> well, in the year two thousand, Doctor, but not a gynecologist,
3: Barwin <laughs> ran the Boston Marathon, and he pulled down a pretty incredible time: three hours and seventeen minutes. Buck. That put him at. Yeah, that's a good-ass time. Uh, Now, that put him at number 14 in the 60 to 69 age group. And for some reference to people who aren't runners, a three-hour and 17-minute marathon would be fucking good if you were 20. Yeah. Like, that's a great time for a healthy young person. (laughs) That runs a lot. That runs a lot. Yeah. Uh, his time at the Victoria Marathon in British Columbia, which had qualified him for the Boston Marathon, had been even better. He'd managed it in less than three hours. That's insane. But it's, that is insane. Would be incredible if he had actually gotten either of those times. Okay. <laughs> See? The Boston Marathon doesn't just take people's word for their time. It monitors runners with cameras, referees, computer timing equipment, and microchips attached to the shoes of runners. And when race officials looked into Dr. Barwin's time, they found a couple of issues. (laughs) Glenn McGregor, a reporter for the Ottawa Citizen who dug into Barwin, managed to dig up a letter the director of the marathon had sent Barwin three days after the race. Quote, you failed to appear at multiple checkpoints along the marathon route. Please provide this office with any information that may be helpful to assist in authenticating that you did run the entire marathon course, including type of clothing worn, other visual identification, split times, companion runners, etc. Dr. Barwin had, of course, nothing to back up his
5: claims. (laughs) He was disqualified. (laughs) Listen, there's a bartender. He will tell you exactly where I was at the whole time. (laughs) Uh,
3: He was disqualified and banned forever from the Boston Marathon a month later. When McGregor questioned him about this initial response, uh, his answer was, quote, "...I'm not quite sure now what happened, whether I had a faulty chip or what." But later, according to the star, quote, he changed his story, admitting he dropped out around the 10K point because of an inguinal hernia, jumping back in at the end because he wanted to experience the exhilaration of crossing the finish line (laughs) with a group of friends. (laughs) Yeah, me (laughs) too. I thought I'd feel the high of coming in. I got a friend to give me a lift to the finish, Barwin told the paper. I have a hard time with this. It wasn't my intent to do this. It was a breaking point, you know? Yeah, it Mm -hmm. was a breaking point.
5: (laughs) Yeah, man. Hey, I got a hernia, I, I, but uh, I want to feel like, oh, yeah. uh, what's it feel like to win? Like, no, you should go to the hospital. Nothing, nothing to do. poking out of your side right now, man. Like, no. Mm. <laughs> so you're a doctor, huh? You're a doctor. So the auto... Oh, gynecologist. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay.
3: <laughs> Best gynecologist in Canada. Mm, okay. <laughs> now, let me see that vagina. And he just, like, lifts up a woman's knee. <laughs> so the ottawa citizen dug further and found that dr barwin had also cheated at a local marathon in ottawa he'd finished first in his age group at just over three hours but later digging found that he'd never finished the second lap of the race when pressed on this barwin again blamed his hernia claimed he'd limped out of the race and assumed they'd have recorded him as quitting even though he rejoined the race a kilometer away from the finish line it's really embarrassing for me. It was quite out of character, I promise you.
5: <laughs> yeah, getting caught. That is not in my character. I cheat yeah, all that the is time. Not in- I am not used to getting caught, and I am embarrassed right now.
3: <laughs> now, unfortunately for Dr. Barwin, this is the part of the story where he starts getting caught at stuff besides marathon cheating. Does he have a um, wife? I think so, yeah. I, don't I know I f- anything about her. Because I yeah. feel
5: like the whole time she's like, did you cheat again? Did you cheat at the Did marathon? you cheat again? Did you? <laughs> He's like, I beat three hours. She's, she's like, you keep cheating. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah.
3: He's the kind of guy that would like come back from a football game with a stolen trophy and been like, look at me, I'm a running back. I won. <laughs> I won the
5: football game yeah. today. She's like, you're 61 years old. She's like, I played for the Argonauts. <laughs> play played for the Toronto Argonauts. Oh. <sighs> Now, Dr.
3: Barwin maintained his medical license for another year after that 2013 case where he got suspended for two months, but now that his name was in the news for mixing up sperm, other Barwin babies and their parents started getting DNA tests to see if they were who they thought they were. Yeah, this became a problem very quickly. One Barwin baby eventually began to suspect that the doctor himself was her biological father after a DNA test showed she was not genetically related to the man who'd raised her. According to NBC, quote, Barwin confirmed through a DNA test that he was her father, but said the only occasion he had used his own semen was when he was calibrating an automatic sperm counter, and some of it must have become mixed up with
5: donor sperm. Oh, man. Come on, dude. You buying that, Billy? God. (laughs) I was cleaning it, and it went off. I was was cleaning mine, and it went off, and that's what, that's that's how you got here. I must have shot it into the the crock pot of other jizz in my (laughs) laboratory shouldn't have kept them all in the same bowl i mean it is that thing of like when you confront somebody like that you everyone expects like that moment when you're like aha i got you and they're gonna be like okay you got me but that never happens with people like this they're always like "No." no probably what happened was like a bird came and took some of my jizz and put it in this <laughs> and then f- we had a bird problem and you're just like I yeah. can't even this is <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yes that's all you can say yeah. is just oh, god damn it yeah. and he's like I know god right you. baby yeah. god damn it yeah. those fucking birds
3: <laughs> yeah he's,
5: I know right birds yeah. you know
3: so uh that lie if it ever was believable (laughs) i don't think that it was crumbled immediately under a flood of new victims one of these was a patient who'd given birth in 1990 to a daughter uh she'd thought she that dr barwin had used her husband's sperm but then her daughter wound up with celiac disease a genetic condition neither parent shared dr barwin resigned his medical license in shame in 2014 but people continued to come forward One of those people was a young woman with the last name of Palmer. Her journey started with the DNA test she took for an online registry. She knew she'd been the product of a sperm donor, and she wanted to know if she had any relations in the area. To her surprise, she had one a second cousin who just so happened to be related to Dr. Barwin, the fertility doctor who had artificially inseminated her mother. Palmer set to work trying to unravel this mystery. At one point, she confronted Dr. Barwin, who informed her that, alas, he'd lost the donor registry and there was no way to figure out who her biological father was. Oops. Oops, (laughs) it was me, it was me,
5: but oops, we don't know, we don't know, it was me. We don't have any proof, I lost it. To the, the other <laughs> it must have went down the, yeah. the the jizz.
3: That fucking bird dropped it <sighs> into the jizz bucket. And now, now all the inks run off. <laughs> and <laughs> ah,
5: ah. So, You're 18 though. No, no child support.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to quote now from the Ottawa Citizen. I don't know how this happened, she recounts Barwin telling her, and what would have become a familiar refrain? <laughs> the fertility doctor had something else to say to Palmer. He told me I was obsessive for wanting the answer. You are young. You are in a healthy relationship. Isn't that enough for you? He asked. <laughs> That's such a dick. He is a real
5: dick. He is. Yeah. yeah. He's a...
3: Palmer says she tried to... <laughs> yeah. What? You're here. Pa- what? What? You're here. You got a boyfriend. Why do you care who sperm made you? Shut up. <laughs> now... Palmer says she tried to be cordial as possible to keep a line of communication open. Inside, she says, she was seething with rage at the roadblocks Dr. Barwin's clinic seemed to be putting up to prevent her from getting more information about herself. Yeah.
5: I can't imagine. <laughs> like At one point, he's yeah, like, listen, no daughter of mine's going to talk to me like this. And you're just like, what? <laughs> ah, damn no. it. <laughs> hey, hey, no. <laughs>
3: I was trying to get into his head that this isn't a ridiculous question. You are not breeding puppies, you are creating humans. This seems really reasonable. (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> Palmer eventually grew convinced That her sperm donor had either been Dr. Barwin or someone close to him She did eventually get him to take a DNA test That confirmed he was her father Dr. Barwin insisted this had all been The result of some tremendous terrible fuck up In a 2015 email He wrote her this quote, I cannot understand how this could have happened This has caused me much stress and remorse I regret that we both have had to endure This major
5: disruption in our lives <laughs> <He's> fucking... <laughs> He's special in he a way.
3: A... <laughs> me illegal or me act me purposefully using my own sperm instead of your or your the guy who raised you sperm to make you is a problem for both of us. And I would have gotten like...
5: away with it too if it wasn't for all my meddling kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the attitude he has with all of it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah, mad. Science is exactly is exactly. like what the fuck. No. Yeah, and none of and you guys are mad at me. I don't understand. You're you exist. Welcome. Some of you are dating people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like some of y'all are coming too. What's the problem? Yeah.
3: God. Now uh, he begged Palmer not to tell anybody, and for a while she did <laughs> keep this a secret. Uh, but doing so aided her, and in 2016 she sent Dr. Barwin this email. Quote. First, let me make clear what I don't expect. I don't expect to suddenly be part of the Barwin family, nor do I want to be. I certainly don't expect any money or other forms of inheritance. What I want is much simpler than that. I don't want to feel the burden of hiding who I am, the fullness of who I am. I expect his children and grandchildren to know I exist, that I am connected to them in this slightly confusing way, and that the relationship is not my fault. It's not some threat from an outsider. I was just born, and the nature of my birth and my genetic relationship to them isn't entirely from choices or mistakes that others made totally reasonable all of like, that
5: is insanely yeah. reasonable considering yeah. the circumstances and what has happened that, to that might person.
3: be that might be the most reasonable paragraph that's ever been read
5: on this show without <laughs> like, that i've heard without a doubt
3: yeah yeah that without been, a doubt without yeah.
5: a doubt that's the most reasonable human thing we've heard and it was just yeah. like listen what you did, I don't want anything from you. I just need to yeah. be able to acknowledge who I am as a human person. Yeah. And he's like, hey, easy. Well, think about me. Here's here. his
3: response. Oh, no, <laughs> we're, no. We're,
5: yeah, now, yeah. it makes me want to jump out we're, the window already. Like when you said, here's his yeah. response, I'm already like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, and the window next to you is the poison room. So that it's would be perfect. doubly dangerous. Perfect. I'll just be yeah. dead and then I'll hit. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll make sure I'm dead. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Barwin's response is what I'm going to read now. Sophie, make sure the poison room door is locked. Okay. Quote, okay. Copy. <laughs> I am concerned that if this becomes public, my professional credibility will be damaged. Yeah, I am it so sorry will. that my yes. issue. <laughs> yes, I am so sorry that my issues are causing such an impact on you. It's not that I don't want to let my children know about you. It's just that I am worried about how they will feel about me. If you plan to inform others, my concern <laughs> is. <a> fucking
5: is- <laughs> piece of work. <laughs> He's such a piece of shit. God, I mean, any if clinical psychologist infl- is like, tell him to come <laughs> see me. Holy
3: shit. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the, I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like the ethical response, if he went to a, cr- a clinical psychologist, would be for that psychologist to hit him in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, we've, oh, uh, you're the case. Yeah. Come here. That's, that's the one case in the DSM. Like, they lined this out years ago. Nobody's ever done it. <laughs> like... No, it says here, you're the only type of person I can punch. I have to counsel serial killers, but you, I can hit. I get to punch (laughs) you. I get to punch you. This is exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not done reading his response. (laughs) If you plan to inform others, my concern is how they will see me. Again, it is not about you. You have been very understanding, reasonable, and patient. And from what I can gather, you are a fabulous person. I wanted to let you know why I have been delaying. I am still trying to come to terms with what I have done and how my family will feel about me if they were aware of my unintentional action. See, it's not about you. The issue of who your father is is not about you. It's about me, the guy who... Conned your mother into getting my cum inside her. Well,
5: and and he doesn't even say that. He doesn't even... Yeah, no, he's not even that honest. He says at the end, my unintentional action. Yeah. Which is still like, nah, dude. No, dude. You can't start it with being like, you're gonna fuck up my doctor thing. You're not thinking about me or me or me here. And then also, I didn't do this. It was an accident. Where you're like, well, none of what you said, none of it. It's like even if you're worried about your doctor thing, then you admit that you're not a good doctor. In the same thing, yeah. uh, It's very frustrating. Now, I mean, it is for sure. I mean, before we read that, I was like, (laughs) well, this guy's obvious the narcissist, where he's just like, I want everyone to take my seed, and then he can't even respond without being like you're not even thinking about me you're like oh he's yeah wow yeah this guy is a hardcore narcissist
3: and by 2019 it was clear that dr barwin had been responsible for mixing up the sperm donors for between 51 and 100 babies and quite possibly many many more Way We'll more never know for, for sure for sure yeah yeah because there's a bunch now, of kids out also... there like oh
5: you went to that doctor <laughs> fuck I don't want to. Oh, know.
3: you, you know
5: what? You shouldn't read up on it. Mm-mm, don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Now, uh, it was also shown that he had been the donor himself for at least eleven of those babies. More, more. Way
5: more. Way yeah. more. Way more. I'm. Yeah. I'm. If I had money to bet for on this, this would be like, yeah. There's more. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: yeah. there's a lot more Barwin babies who were mm-hmm. literal Barwin babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, it became clear that whatever had gone down was no accident. Dr. Barwin had purposefully impregnated women with his sperm against their will. Now, Billy, in a reasonable
5: world, would you consider, would you think that would be a crime? It sounds, I mean, by definition, it sounds like right. Yeah, it, it, it's not rape, but it lives in the same housing development. I, okay, yeah, I understand it. Yeah. It's the same shitty gated community, yes. Yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah, it's the same shitty gated community <laughs> yes. as rape. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, you know what's not in the same gated community as rape, Billy Wayne Davis? Ugh. <sighs>
5: Hopefully a Coke Brothers ad? Is that...
3: uh, yeah, I mean, actually, if it's if it's a Coke Brothers ad, it might be in that ballpark. They, built, they
5: built the gated community. Yep. That's who <laughs> built it. They built
3: the gated community. And they built it above a leaky gas pipeline.
5: Uh-huh. On a Native yeah. American reservation.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Everyone uh, got sad. Thus begins our most smoothly led into ad break uh, of all time. Products! This is a
5: good one. Mm-hmm. Nice job.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6x visit tomboyx.com
1: mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Are you ready to fight back against crime?
4: Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back! Yes,
3: uh, so as I kind of animated in the before the lead-out, this was not against the law. Um, well, nothing it's never Dr. been a thing the law. to bring up right exactly exactly nobody thought this would happen yeah, yeah. like all of you know, the,
5: the assemblies looking at each other like i mean it should be but yeah it's not ah shit yeah i haven't had this issue before damn it's like
3: committing tax fraud in space like nobody quite thought to like make sure that that was down in the books
5: like, yes <laughs> yes, um, yes he yeah. international waters the
3: shit out of that didn't he? yeah yeah now, the only official comeuppance that Dr. Barwin suffered was a disciplinary panel from the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. Dr. Barwin did not show up at his own hearing, denying no. his victims a chance to get any kind of closure. He his just showed up pleaded, at the
5: end, right? No, he didn't even show up at the end. No, that, I just that, like to think that that's oh, what okay. he like. He started the hearing and then left and then showed up right before it ended. <laughs> That would be true to form. I just wanted—I um, f- just wanted to feel like what the sentence was. That's all. I, I just <laughs> yeah, wanted to feel it.
3: I wanted to feel the feeling of being sentenced. I just but... wanted to feel it. <laughs> yeah, I had a hernia. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, like in the middle of the hearing, he's like, "Ah, oh, I yeah. got a hernia," and someone leans uh, over and is like, "Is he doing the marathon
3: thing? Is he doing the marathon thing again?" Is he at yeah. the hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, Dr. Barwin claimed that he could not make the hearing due to unspecified medical issues, which he provided no evidence for, uh, and his doctor pleaded, or his lawyer pleaded no contest, which meant that he did not dispute the facts of the case, but also did not admit guilt. It's basically like, how can I give the people I wronged the least amount of closure? That's Mm -hmm. what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there is currently a class action lawsuit against Dr. Barwin in the offing, and if it actually goes through, Dr. Barwin might wind up in a court. But even so, there doesn't seem to be any chance of him actually facing serious criminal penalties for his actions. See, it turns out that assisted human reproduction as an industry is kind of preposterously unregulated pretty much everywhere on earth. In Canada, the organization responsible for keeping an eye on the practice is Assisted Human Reproduction Canada, a federal regulatory body established in 2006. They are supposed to keep track of donor conceived kids and make sure people like Dr. Barwin don't get to impregnate numerous women in secret. But in 2008, two years after the organization's founding, the province of Quebec challenged the federal government. Government's jurisdiction. The case spent years mired in the Canadian Supreme Court, and during that time, Health Canada was unable to actually develop any regulations. In 2012, the agency was defunded, and responsibility for regulating fertility clinics was returned to the states. So there's barely anyone keeping watch, and up until recently, there were barely any laws in Canada, certainly none aimed at stopping someone like Norman Barwin from using his own sperm on donors. And this is not just a Canadian problem. Basically, everywhere the fertility industry exists, it does so with almost no regulation or oversight. The executive director for the Center for Genetics and Society called the United States the Wild West of the fertility industry. It was huge news in 2015 when Utah, of all places, passed a law giving donor-conceived children the right to know their genetic parents' medical history. Like... Crazy that Utah would actually be the first to re- like the state that's like, yeah, you can sell
5: people lead and call it a vitamin. Yeah, how many wives you got? How many wives you have? Then yeah, you can do that. If you have yeah. four, you can do that. If you got four,
3: <laughs> um, now Utah is kind of unique in passing this law because most states don't regulate even like don't even regulate how many children can be conceived by a single donor. Do you like, thir- think
5: though that Utah did it for some back? Channel Mormon genetic thing where they're making it sure be,
3: everyone's a you Mormon. Know, if I, 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 if I was a better researcher, I would have checked in on that. I was just happy to see that somebody had instituted that law in the United States, yeah. and shocked that it was Utah. I'm not sure why it was Utah. And um, I don't, I mean, might I don't just want be, to throw
5: out Mormons, but it's just they're just that the way they do government there is very yeah. interesting. So
3: I mean, it might just be that like because uh, there's so many large families in Utah the fertility industry is bigger there and so they needed to start regulating it earlier than other
5: places? I really don't know. I think you said it more articulately than I did. Where it was just like, you think it's weird Mormon shit? It's gotta be weird Mormon (laughs) shit. It's Utah, right? Like, everything traces back to weird Mormon shit. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. You you can't get...
5: (laughs) You (laughs) you gotta
3: mix your liquor behind a curtain, but you can know who your biological father was. It is confusing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now, this is where we leave Dr. Barwin. What I found in my research is that he isn't so much a bastard as one member of a species of bastards. And this brings me to the story of Dr. Donald Klein. He was an Indianapolis-era fertility doctor in the 1970s and 1980s, the same wild and woolly days that Dr. Barwin started practicing. (laughs) You want to guess where this story goes, Billy Wayne?
5: (laughs) I, yes, I do. No, I don't. No, you know what? I don't. don't. I'm going to quote
3: from the New York Times here. Quote, many couples sought Dr. Klein out at his Indianapolis-era fertility clinic during the 70s and 80s. They had children who grew up and had children of their own. What the couples did not know was that on an untold number of occasions, Dr. Klein was not using the sperm of anonymous donors. He was using his own. Mm -hmm. Through 23andMe and other similar genetic testing websites, three dozen half-siblings of those women have been found. Three dozen? Three dozen, said Jacoba Ballard, 38, one of the biological daughters. She expects the number to grow. In some instances, state prosecutors said Dr. Klein even told women that he was using their husband's sperm, but provided his own.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is
5: the thought? Now, Did, is it that doctor thing that they get where they're like, I am... Um, is it some weird... I I think it's narcissism,
3: and I'll, I'll ask you... We'll hold on to that thought, because once we get a little bit more information, I think we can discuss this in detail, and I think there's a pretty clear conclusion here. Okay. Um, But I want to go through the
5: other cases. So... Dr. wow there's Klein like a alive. there's like a like you said a species of man that is like
3: yeah it's a whole type of guy yeah
5: wow <laughs> yeah so no, dr. One no one special no, no. one no <laughs> no certainly not dr norman <laughs> even, barwin even if you think hey i'm just secretly impregnating all these women i am yeah no one else is doing this shit there's like four other people like, yeah i'm doing it too yeah you're like, Damn. Yeah, I mean, I've had to deal with that feeling just because
3: of the existence of the dollop. And it's nice to know that that's true with doctors who use their own
5: sperm uh, as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where you go to now, an audition uh, and everyone looks like you. And you're like, what yeah. in fuck?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really... Uh, that's one of the things about Los Angeles that can drive you crazy is how easily yeah. you could be sorted into a type. Yeah.
5: Or, or you go to auditions. Like I went to one where it was written for me. Like I was the guy, like they were like, like we want Billy Wayne Davis. And then I went and I didn't get it. Cause someone did it better than me. He was a better Billy Wayne Davis than you. And I was like, he probably was. He probably was. I, he had their look or whatever, whatever company it was like, yeah, that's he's better than the real one.
3: I mean, we actually... We were planning to have you on the show a lot earlier, Billy Wayne, but, you know, you kind of flubbed the audition, and uh, (laughs) I I have to say, Jamie Loftus is is a great Billy Wayne Davis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's... Uh, so, Dr. Klein is still alive, but has refused doggedly to address any of this or to explain himself to his victims. In December of 2018, he played guilty to two felony counts of obstruction of justice and was given a suspended 365-day sentence. Now, the only reason he received that much of a punishment and any kind of criminal punishment at all was because he lied to state investigators when he initially claimed he hadn't used his own sperm to impregnate anyone. The fact that he had tricked a bunch of women into bearing his genetic material was not a crime. <laughs> now, if he would have admitted to it, would it become? He'd a be crime? fine. He'd still be fine. Yeah, he'd be, He probably would have lost his medical license. Like that, that stuff they can do for it. But he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't
5: have like gotten a criminal sentence. Yeah. What? But would it would have put him in like civil?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can sue people civilly for anything, and I think he's certainly at risk for that because he definitely like you can claim material harm for what he did. Yeah, because the um, the ego yeah.
5: of like not admitting it. When you're doing it, because I think they want, it's like, a, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. Where you're like I think part of them, like, someone was like, hey, you can't admit you did this. Yeah. Because you will have zero money ever again.
3: Yeah. Maybe that's the case. Um, now, the state medical board did bar him from holding a medical license again, but since Dr. Klein had retired in 2009, <laughs> this isn't an enormous punishment. We have no way of knowing how many of his genetic children are out there. Meanwhile, those children have no way of knowing who their biological father was because Dr. Klein shredded all of his patient records. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, dude. He's cool. He's a good doctor.
5: In 1992,
3: in Virginia, a fertility doctor named Cecil Jacobson was indicted for using his own sperm to impregnate dozens of women. Now, it was illegal in Virginia. so hey, Virginians, right. You can take some pride in the fact that your state is way ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. He was sentenced to five years in prison and more than $116,000 in fines. But even so, it still took decades and more than 50 pregnancies for anyone to catch him. Now, Jacobson was a Brown University graduate who went on to be the chief of reproductive genetics at George Washington University. In the 1960s, he claimed to have successfully implanted a fertilized baboon egg into a male baboon and kept the pregnancy viable for nearly four months. He never published this work, and he's probably lying about it, but the fact that he considered this something to brag about probably should have been a red flag decades earlier. Now, I'm going to quote from a medicalbag.com article on the man. Quote, by the 1980s, Jacobson had started operating a genetic center in Virginia. He proclaimed himself a fertility specialist and began treating patients who had difficulties getting pregnant. He used the hormone human chorionic gonadotropin, uh, HCG, regularly and as a form of treatment. Jacobson would falsify pregnancies, have patients undergo ultrasounds, and then tell them that the fetus had died around the third month of pregnancy. Suspicions began to arise, which were reported to local authorities. Federal investigators stepped in and came to find that in addition to the falsified pregnancies, Jacobson had been artificially inseminating patients with sperm, supposedly from screened and anonymous donors. The investigators determined that there was no donor program and that Jacobson was using his own sperm to impregnate patients. Oh, there's a donor ja- program.
5: There's oh, one. yeah,
3: there's a program. We got a program.
5: <laughs> Every day at uh, Jacobson, 5 <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: It's suspected that in total, Jacobson probably fathered as many as 75 children with his own semen. Uh,
5: but, yeah. Yeah, okay, there's another part of this where it's like, you're not actually getting laid either. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. I know it's not it, but it is like a fun part of making a baby.
3: It is the better part of making. It's way better than like, you know... When putting it in the glass be, and
5: then putting it yeah. in the thing and then moving it yeah. You know,
3: yeah. 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 I was gonna say when they turn out to be Will Wheaton, but yeah, all of those other parts <laughs> suck too. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there are many fertility doctors with stories like this. On the 24th of August, 2019, two days before I wrote this script, Today magazine published an article titled, Their Mothers Chose Donor Sperm, Their Doctors Used Their Own. It tells the story of Eve Wiley, <laughs> who learned at age 16 that she'd been conceived via artificial insemination. The doctor responsible, Kim McMorris, told her mother that he'd found said sperm through a California sperm bank and believed this to be true until she took a consumer DNA test. Eve told reporters, you build your whole life on your genetic identity, and that's the foundation. But when those bottom bricks have been removed or altered, it can be devastating. I I will say in the future, <laughs> I'm going to use California sperm bank as a pseudonym from my testicles. But I think only when I'm in California. I like yeah. that, though. The Cali- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it from a California sperm bank. You can be sure of that. And I like <laughs> that
5: a lot of this was discovered with the, with the com- commercialization of DNA yeah. testing. Like, do you I was think these s- doctors yeah. are, like, walking to a CVS the first time they saw, like, a DNA test thing, and they're like, this is not good. This is not good for <laughs> yeah, This ain't gonna work uh, well for I me. I don't <laughs> like that. Do not like yeah.
3: this. Now, doctor, what do you think of this 23andMe stuff? It's a scam! It's a scam. It's <laughs> mm Bad. And the best part is, it is kind of a scam. This is basically the only thing it was really good for. (laughs) Yeah, and in helping
5: catch murderers, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it did some of that too. Is using it for, yeah, stuff. It had a lot of
3: problematic aspects, but in this case, it did a good thing.
5: Yeah, what do you think of Twenty Three and Me? Well, I discover that my dad is a doctor that is also the dad of seventy-five other people that we know about. Yeah, you don't hear that commercial on the podcast.
3: Cool. I found out my family comes from Norway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, partly as a result of Eve's case, Texas has passed a law making this sort of thing a crime. It is now defined as sexual assault there. So in this one case, Texas is actually an example of like a reasonable and timely response to a clear
5: problem. So it happened once in Texas state history. Good for them. Good. Good for them. We should get... Texas you get a lot of shit. Indeservedly so. Indeservedly so? You really do. You deserve it. But hey, good job on this one. On this one, nailed
3: it. Don't get cocky. You nailed it, yeah. Don't get cocky. You nailed it like the biological parent, or like the people who raised all these kids uh, did not nail their... You know, you could see where the joke I was trying to Mm -hmm, go for there mm -hmm, was. mm -hmm. Yeah, it just didn't work out.
5: I see why you chose journalism, but I... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I do think... Like, yeah. like, and even with the Canada thing or the Mormon thing, it's like, I do feel like there's probably livestock, there's a livestock reason somewhere involved in why they're ahead <laughs> of this. It's like artificial Somebody cinematic. reads this story about people and is like, my God, this is going to infect the steers. Yes.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah. That's industry. That's our industry yeah. here. And it's yeah. like, yeah, no, I do think mm-hmm. there's probably something. Because like that's how I know about artificial insemination is because I was raised on a cattle farm. And it's not as complicated a process as people would think it is.
3: No, 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 it is not. It is is not, although I think people would be interested at the lengths that are gone to to stop bulls from actually having sex with anything. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that's an entertaining part of that
5: industry. They're pretty horny, too. Yeah. They get <laughs> yeah. them all worked up, and then they're like, hey, yeah. how are we going to stop? And you're like, ah. They're there's a lot strong. of, like,
3: <laughs> in the meat industry, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, things to be angry about in terms of an injustice but that should be on the list (laughs) yes yeah it's not as bad as like keeping animals in their own fecal matter outside of sunlight and stuff in a cramped pen but it's still not cool it's not it's mean (laughs) that's why they're mad it's really mean that's why why why
5: they don't want those dudes on yeah they are ornery sons of bitches they're just like oh you're mad because that dude's on you no no i don't care he's on my back they haven't let me fuck in a while Mm -hmm. you
3: (laughs) For an idea of, like, the environment I grew up in, my mom's favorite sport to watch was bull riding, primarily for when the guys would get horribly injured. Yeah, she it's, loved watching those guys get fucked up by bulls. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome.
5: It is awesome. That's what you, and it's like when, my that's what my whole problem with the NFL not coming forward. Just yeah. say it causes brain damage, and then they yeah. sign a waiver, and you get to make a bunch of money. Look, like, we know guns are kill people and it's a huge industry in the united states if
3: you were just like yeah football's horrible for people do you still want to make a hundred million dollars people would still
5: say yes they yeah. know it already and do it <laughs> yeah and then yeah. when someone stops like andrew luck and everybody's like yeah. what is he doing and he's like well i think he's, he's he wants to enjoy his millions of dollars before his brain melts yeah he just wants to
3: remember <laughs> like, yeah. what life is like yeah it's, yeah God. Yeah, he he knows he's got ten years left before he shoots himself in the chest and leaves a note telling doctors to study his study brain. Study my
5: brain because I'm a good person. But this, which is has
3: a, happened to a bunch of those guys. Yes. Yeah, number one, yeah.
5: Junior Seau that you know about, but there's other yeah. ones that have that you don't know about that are like this. Yeah. I got. I'm tired of being crazy. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Horrible. Ugh. Thank <laughs> so, God I went to one football practice in college. and was like yeah. fuck
3: <laughs> this. <laughs> I did play for a season in high school, but I was not good at it uh
5: and I mostly avoided the head injuries. See that I um, was pretty good at it in high school so I could avoid the head injuries. So yeah. that was the that was my, mine was like I don't like hitting people, but I like scoring touchdowns.
3: I <laughs> I can say all my head injuries in life have come from teaching special ed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think my dad might back that up, too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you'll get hit in the head a lot, yeah. <laughs> depending on
3: what type of teaching he's you do.
5: He's a football coach and a special ed teacher. I'm sure he's yeah. like, no, I got hit way more special ed. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Now, uh, yeah, like I said, Texas passed a law making this a crime after the McMorris case, but Dr. McMorris' behavior remains legal in 47 American states, and I'm going to quote again from today. Dr. Jody Madeira, a law professor at Indiana University, is following more than 20 cases in the United States and abroad. They have occurred in a dozen states, including Connecticut, Vermont, Idaho, Utah, and Nevada, she said, as well as in England, South Africa, Germany, and the Netherlands. So many doctors use their own sperm to impregnate women. So many fertility doctors. It's fucking crazy how common it is.
5: That so case it's in the like borderline an epidemic. Free.
3: It is an epidemic. It's absolutely an epidemic. Like... <laughs> I didn't include every case, just the m- most obvious ones. I only had so much
5: research I, time.
3: I can't.
5: So is it like a funny thing they're doing? Like where they're like, it's pretty funny, which is...
3: Like I said, w- let's get through the rest of this, and then we'll talk about what the fuck we think is going well, on. You here. keep saying that, and then it yeah, goes there's so just a lot much more
5: fucking deeper than I could ever believe. So I'm like, yeah, we're almost, close. We're almost there. And then you're yeah. like, no, there's 48 more dudes that are yeah. doing this.
3: God, yes, I have 112 pages more to go through. No. <laughs> uh, that case in the Netherlands was probably fertility specialist Jan Karbot. He was confirmed by DNA testing to have fathered 56 children with women who distinctly did not intend to have his sperm inside of them. Karbot's clinic closed in 2009, but much of this activity had happened decades prior. And at least one local attorney doubted whether or not he'd ever done anything legally improper. Quote. 30 years ago, people looked at things in very different ways. Carbot could have been an anonymous donor. We don't know that. There was no registration
5: system at the time. Oh, that's a good lawyer right there. He's a person, but that's a good but lawyer. That's a good
3: lawyer. <laughs> Solid lawyer. He's,
5: yeah. I'm impressed, but I, you're not invited <laughs> to my barbecue. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Now, it's worth noting that there are reasons some doctors may have used their own sperm outside of narcissism or just some bizarre kink, or I should say, in addition to narcissism. Yeah. Up until the late 1980s, frozen sperm technology was still quite primitive. Many doctors might have justified using their own fresh sperm because they knew it would work better than the alternative. No one back in 1975 saw home DNA testing kits as very likely. And I think this might explain Dr. Barwin's reputation as the baby god. Other fertility doctors in Ottawa probably didn't use their own semen in patients, so they relied on the frozen stuff and had lower success rates. Dr. Barwin's marked success was a direct consequence of the fact that he was fine lying to people about whose semen they were getting. And this, Billy Wayne Davis, brings me to the story of Berthold Wisner and his wife, mary barton
5: i don't I they were I some don't of like the very what's first, this is you save this for the end and i don't like it it's the, some
3: of <laughs> the earliest part of the horror pioneers. Movie. if i was in a horror
5: movie i'm, I'm yeah. not going in there i'm just gonna
3: this is definitely part of a horror movie I'm not going they in were in among it. the earliest pioneers in the fertility field they started a clinic in london in the 1940s and over the years they took part in more than 1500 successful conceptions Now, at the time, they told clients that all of their sperm donors came from a small collection of their friends who were all geniuses and accomplished academics.
5: (laughs) Yeah, me too, man. Come in this house. We'll fuck you. They're all geniuses.
3: Now, you want to guess how many of these babies were his? Every one of them. No, no, it's not that bad. No. Uh, roughly one third of them, so about 600 children, are God. estimated to have been conceived be a Weisner sperm. <laughs> <laughs> now, most of these children will probably never learn the truth since it took so many decades for anyone to realize what was going on. It's actually impossible for anyone to know how many children Weisner had or how many of those kids may have wound up dating or marrying each other. Oh, but it and might I go dr- a bit of the oh, way. Oh, shit, I forgot about that part. Yeah.
5: Oh, that's so funny.
3: Yeah, that this terrible. this might explain a little bit of why English people are so weird. Um,
5: but you know no way to know. It's well there's a it's a cocktail over there. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now, in 2018, a Queen's couple finally succeeded in conceiving a child through in vitro fertilization. But when the mother gave birth in March of this year, she and her husband were shocked to find out that, unlike them, their children were not Asian, according to today.com. The couple reported they had spent over $100,000 at CHA Fertility Center in California for attempts at IVF. According to a lawsuit filed last week, red flags began to pop up throughout the pregnancy. A sonogram showed the woman was carrying twin boys, yet the couple had not used male embryos. When they contacted the clinic about it, doctors simply told them the sonogram was incorrect. Following the birth, the couple was shocked to see that the babies they were told were formed using both of their genetic material did not appear to be, the lawsuit stated. The babies were not related to either of their parents or to each other. The couple relinquished custody of the children. Now, it is unclear who the parents were in that case. We have no idea. It is entirely possible that this case is not at all the result of a shady doctor wanting to spread his seed or anything like that. It may have just been a fuck-up due to the fact that in 2019, nobody really cares about making sure this piece of the medical field abides by the same rules that other parts of medicine that don't involve semen do. Dove Fox, a professor of law at the University of San Diego, provided this explanation to today. Fertility centers, and there are almost 500 of them in the United States today, operate free of almost any regulation at all, Fox told NBC News. There's no federal law, no state law, no enforced professional guideline that enforces requirements that licenses these facilities in the way that they label or diagnose or handle sperm, eggs, and embryos that result in the creation of people. In fertility medicine, it's very different than any other field where we regulate very closely what's called never events. These are major avoidable mistakes, things like blood transfusion on the wrong person or a surgery on on the wrong body part or the wrong patient there we require mandatory disclosure and we figure out what went wrong and how to fix it we have nothing like that for what you might call never events in reproductive technology so that's neat I
5: I mean <laughs> I might stop doing comedy and just get into Dr. Billy's baby making bungalow Dr.
3: Billy's baby clinic just... they come from a California sperm bank it,
5: it sure does <laughs> He only see he can see five or six uh, couples a day and, until yeah. he's about 45 and then he's going to retire I think.
3: <laughs> oh Jesus. So yeah, my thinking on why these guys do it. I think you've got a mix of two kinds of doctors in fertility medicine. You have good doctors who choose to go into fertility medicine and do their best, and sometimes they succeed and sometimes they fail because using frozen sperm is harder than using fresh sperm, and it's a difficult field. And then you have guys like Dr. Barwin who are not actually great doctors, but who, because they're narcissists, want to be seen as the best and who realized at a certain point, I can be the best fertility doctor if I just use my own fresh cum all the time.
5: Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a good business decision, too, I think, more than anything. Yeah,
3: it's a great, that's why he became the baby god. Yeah, I I think it's the same with most of these guys. They just wanted to be seen as great. I don't like, I don't think it's a kink for most of them. I don't think it's about wanting to spread their seed. I think they want to be seen as great doctors. And literally, the easiest way in medicine to be seen as a great doctor without actually being good at medicine is to be a cheating fertility doctor. (laughs) Like,
5: up until recently yeah well especially the 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 marathon guy like cheating was not that was like he was all about results he wanted to seem like the best yeah yeah he did yeah he had a i would say probably insecurity i would say for sure yeah which is a weird thing to lead to wanting more children and i don't think he
3: cared about that You just think
5: it was, well, and I guess you're right because it's not even that personal when you're in the lab doing the thing. It's probably, you're just thinking about like, oh, this will make these people happy and then I'll get more money and then they'll bring more people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah,
3: I suspect it's something like that.
5: Or they're, I mean, they're all smart enough to realize like maybe they're all hanging out and he's like, yeah, they all, I mean, it's tough because you freeze them. Sometimes they live, most of the time they don't. So yeah. it would be easy, like one smart-ass doctor, you know, they're playing golf. And he's like, be easier if I just jacked off myself into it. And then the other guy was yeah. like,
3: huh, okay. Huh. Easier, well, it huh? It would be
5: easier, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> he says that as he's like surreptitiously picking up his ball and dropping it 10 feet forward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or just like kicking it with his foot. He was like, would be Yeah, kicking it with his foot. Like, that yeah, would be, it that that would be easier.
5: Yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ.
5: <laughs> he's like, look, look yeah. 36 again, par.
3: Yeah, I had an interesting journey writing this episode, because I like started looking into Dr. Barwin, and I did a few hours of research, and then I realized that his story on its own just wasn't enough for a full episode, and I was starting to be like, ah, god damn it, I gotta start over again, and then like by accident Googling, I just came across another doctor like that, and another, and another, and another, and it's like, oh my god, this is like a whole thing.
5: Yeah. yeah. No, I had, well, that's the thing, like, you hear those stories, like, every now and then it's like, hey, some fertility doctor did the thing, and then it wasn't until you're like, then there was another, and then you're like, oh, they've never put those stories together.
3: Yeah. Well, and nobody's, there's not a single, like, nobody's keeping track of this shit. Nobody ever thought it would be a problem, so there's just no, there's no infrastructure set up to make sure it's a fucking it doesn't happen. It like, is a weird
5: not... scam because for a long time there were no victims, quote unquote. Yeah. Because everyone got what they wanted seemingly until yeah. the baby grew up and was like, hey, how come I'm hairy and you guys aren't? Yeah. And then <laughs> and then they walked down to the CVS and they're like, hey, $20, DNA. Oh, and then it all fell apart. That's fascinating because I don't think they thought I think some of them knew, but I think some of them thought it was like, this is one of those things where it was like, everyone kind of gets what they want. Yeah. But. Yep. They didn't. <laughs> they did not. And Buddha's over so there Billy, like, I told you motherfuckers, karma.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, Billy, mm-hmm. uh, how you feel today you know we, we asked a question at the beginning of this as to whether or not these were fake doctors and they definitely had mds but i do still feel the same thing is going on in their heads as is going on with the other fake doctors we talked about where it's an ego thing they want to be seen as great doctors yes and in these guys' case they did get mds so they went further but they were still fundamentally the same kind of grifter yes i, I believe
5: yeah if not more dangerous yeah Because they're more willing to put on the airs in a way that the other ones weren't.
3: Yeah, and I think, like, the untold story with, like, Dr. Barwin, like, it might be that all of the baby mishaps in his fertility clinic are the least evil he resulted in his career because he was working as a gynecologist for years while clearly unqualified to do it like who knows how much cervical cancer he missed or like whatever like other fuck-ups you can fuck up as a gynecologist who can't pass the test to be a gynecologist Yeah, like i'm sure there's more darkness to barwin's story in particular
5: I think there's probably uh, more darkness to every one of them, because yeah, like yeah. you said, like if they're willing to do this shortcut for this, they're not looking at everything they should like a real doctor. Yeah. It's no, like those are... dermatologists in LA that are just, you go and you're like, you're not a real dermatologist, you're just injecting shit into rich ladies' faces. Oh yeah, you're just shooting stuff into people's lips. Yeah, and yeah. then they're like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. do you want, yeah. you want your weed mm-hmm. card too? And you're like, I gotta get mm-hmm. out of here. But yes, I do want yeah, my I weed do. card. That, how much is it? Is it cheaper? <laughs> yeah. Is
3: it less than fifty dollars? Because yeah. the other fake doctor I go to charges fifty yeah, dollars.
5: Doctor Wrinkled Lab Coat says it's forty-five.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I'm so torn because I love the whimsy of the the. I wish the the fake medical marijuana industry had never changed.
5: Well, it, there was a. Yeah. It's a real industry. Yeah, that started for like really helping people, and then Southern yeah. California really yeah. took it, and we're like, Yeah, know, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a medicine, yeah, and then yeah, and then, yeah, that's what happened because it started yeah. in San Francisco where they really gave a shit about gay people that were dying.
3: Oh yes, 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 and
5: there's one of my very favorite
3: uh, marijuana clinics in San Francisco um is like named after this guy who was uh like the partner of the guy who opened it and the dude like is that the sh- shop is I don't, I don't remember the name of the shop. I don't think it's that. But, like, the dude the dude who opened the shop, his partner died of AIDS. And, yeah. like, he opened the shop because he had these dark memories of having to, like, go buy weed from shady drug dealers to, like, try and, like, help his lover's, like, appetite and, like, fight his pain and stuff. And yeah. he was, like, it was just so demeaning to have to do that for your, a sick person you love that I don't want anyone to go through that. So, yes, I don't mean to say that, like, medical marijuana isn't a thing i just i love how bullshit southern california's medical marijuana industry got it was beautiful so
5: beautiful where you're just like i could see the ocean when i got my card that's hilarious Mm -hmm. i can
3: see the ocean the doctor has a framed picture of the mona lisa smoking a blunt on his wall and it is nailed to the wall next to (laughs) all the
5: symptoms of what you can say to get it that's my. That was my favorite on one. On the list, what he's you like? Need. Which one do you yeah. got? And I was like, son of a bitch! Yeah. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was great. Dude, but was I do. Great. I mean, there's a lot. Of... My yeah. thought is like, I'm about to get a vasectomy, um, so now I'm way more a <laughs> little worried than I was because. Oh yeah, because you just think like, oh, I gotta find the right doctor now because you can't just be like, yeah, you gotta be careful about that shit. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. That's just a little more homework yeah. than I was going to do. I was just going to go, like, who, who so, did that? Now I have to look into it and be like, hey, you don't have a history of fucking this up, do you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea to look into with any
3: doctor. <laughs> and it's probably unfair that I'm going to make the title of this be All Fertility Doctors Are Bastards. But that is going to be the title of this episode. Yeah. And if you want me to revise my opinion of your industry, fertility doctors, lobby for there to be any kind of <laughs> regulation of the industry whatsoever. Yeah. Just any kind. Any. Just a law saying you can't trick women into
5: using your sperm. <laughs> like Or you have to go give your sperm at a sperm bank. You can't just skip that step and do yeah, it at yeah. the thing. Maybe. I mean, yes, if you are a doc, a fertility doctor and you give your sperm to a sperm bank
3: and then somebody uses it, fine.
5: Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Yes, you need uh, that one step. I think that's an important yeah. step that they all, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that people seem to have a problem with.
6: <laughs> I... <laughs>
3: I'm really wondering what it was like to work with Barwin, because I'm betting at least a few of his employees had stories of like, oh, yeah, every time after an insemination, he just goes and takes a nap. He gets real quiet, doesn't want to talk to anybody.
6: <laughs> <He> usually <laughs> smoke a
5: cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> he had a process, and it reminded yeah. <laughs> me of my husband. Oh, Why is he breathing heavy? <laughs> so, Billy... Yes. You want to uh, plug your pluggables? Uh, sure. Uh, BWDtour.com. Um, I'm adding dates uh, more and more. And then you can get my record, Billy Wayne Davis, live at Third Man Records. Just, you can download it or you can whatever. It's just you know, Google we, Billy Wayne Davis and all that shit comes up. How about that? Yeah. I, I hate Google doing, Billy Wayne Davis. I'm on Twitter. He's, I'm on Instagram. I think I'm on Facebook, but I don't really care yeah. about that.
3: Yeah, but, Just Google him. He's not like me. He doesn't share a name. With the guy who produced Godfather, that's um, awesome, though.
5: Is it? Yes, that dude is. As far as those dudes go, pretty rad. That's a rad I
3: dude mean, to share a name with. I will tell you, there was a sense of pride I got when I finally started showing up on the first page of Google results with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that took a cool. lot of time in my career. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah he's pretty really accomplished. Put in the yeah. put in the work. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I mean, uh, I will say this: like the way I've been on the Paramount lot a couple times. Just to do Hollywood meetings. Mm. Um mm. they're it's the dumbest thing you've ever they just want to say, Hey, who are you? And you're like, You don't care. And they're like, No, we don't get out of here. But you walk by Robert Evans' office and you mm-hmm. know how people have like a sign, their their little company. His mm-hmm. is this cool steel sign, but it's his signature. And I was like That's hey. awesome. It really like it I was like he's That's a fucking G move, It yeah. really was. I was just walk by yeah. and I was like, Tip of the hat, that guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's uh you know, he's uh he's he's the guy that he is. And he's uh, also a
5: hundred years old and he still has an office at the Paramount yeah. lot. That's crazy too.
3: I am going to be now that he's stepping down, I am going to apply for a job at Paramount because <laughs> they should. are
5: short of Robert Evans. You should be yeah. like, Hey, you already have that office. Could I yeah. just it's got my name on it? Yeah.
3: My 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 job will be consuming my body weight in cocaine and green lighting movies. Um Kind of does sound yeah, sounds like the best job
5: ever. I think um <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I've impregnated more ladies than those doctors.
3: That's hmm? true. And every one of them knew exactly what they were getting into.
5: Yeah, there was no lab involved.
3: hmm No, the kids stayed in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> uh the guy directing well, my special uh edited that documentary for a full circle thing. That's cool. It's a good documentary. Mm-hmm.
3: Speaking of good documentaries, you can find this podcast on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com um, where we'll have the sources for this episode if you need to prove to somebody else that fertility doctors are an untrustworthy lot. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at IWriteOK. Okay. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at, at BastardsPod. Um, you can find, buy t-shirts at uh, Tpublic.com, behind the bastards. Um, and you cannot find Sophie, my producer, on the internet, um, because she lives in a cave and only comes down once every century when her unique talents are needed to save the world from the devastation of the Poison Room. Pretty noble.
5: hmm Pretty noble.
3: Sophie, you got a line you want to, you want to end us on? No. That's a good line. I like this. Solid, thing. solid Sophie work. All right, guys. Episode Done.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit
1: tomboyx.com to shop. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old-school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good